Well, dear friends, today, without any further ado, amen, I want you to sit back and enjoy the ministry with great joy today, amen, the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks. Give him a great hand. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. you have a seat make yourself comfortable <laughs> hallelujah i feel happy in my spirit today hallelujah. i hope i can control myself and don't throw this on you praise the lord i've been known to do that sometimes but um, i'll try to behave today praise the lord amen. amen are you happy in your spirit today yes we are praise god amen apostle leslie it's such a joy to be with you and your wonderful wife and um you know as we were talking it, we do uh, you do realize that the church is interconnected no matter where you're at. That's seems right. like everybody knows somebody. <laughs> and he has such good DNA. He comes out of such a powerhouse mm -hmm. work of God. Yeah. And there's going to be those coming out of your ministry also that will go out and touch nations with the emptiness in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, real, there's a real worship music anointing that's on this house. Leon Patel. I mean, I've got yes. on my iPhone, I've got songs bookmarked as favorites by Morris Chapman. Be bold, be strong, be bold, for the Lord thy God is with thee. I will give you Leon Patel, J E S U S. Yeah, I've got all these songs on there. Because there's anointing of worship on this house. Amen. I believe it's just a place for those to come that will also be raised up. That will be songwriters, musicians, psalmists. And uh, they all, uh, many of those people, they travel. They need a home base, praise God. This is a good church for them. And also what's nice for Southern California, you get all the palm trees and the wonderful uh, year-round beautiful temperature, praise God. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Hey, before we jump into today's message, let me share with you a, a few things on the product table. And the reason I want to do that is because you really need to invest in your spiritual well-being just nudge the elbow at the person next to you and say, yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. Because, see, here's the thing. A lot of people, if you go to their house and you say, hey, you know, show me a representation of your wealth. You know, can you give me some form of identification of like something I can look at in your house that will show me that you're doing well. A lot of people, they'll take you to their television screen and they'll say, behold, 72 inches of 4K HD. Oh, for glory, right there. But if you go to the home of people that have mega wealth, uh, $10 million up, you know, $70 million, they won't take you to, like, their ballroom with the chandeliers. They'll take you to their personal library. Did you hear that? Amen. You need to have your own library. Yes. Because yes. you can educate yourself spiritually. You need to educate yourself mentally. And you need to take care of your physical body. But spiritually, you can take things and, and learn it. You don't have to go out and, and plow away for five or six years or ten years like some of us did. You can read one chapter in a book and get what took us ten years to learn. Can you see this? So there's a product table. And I want you to invest in your spiritual well-being. Uh, the recent book that I wrote is called Manifesting the Blessings of God. And I wrote this book to end 
to permanently end your days of window shopping. Yeah. Always looking through the window. Lord, I sure would like that car. Lord, I sure would like to go eating there. Must be nice. If you read this book, you'll find out how to end all that and begin to manifest these things that will help you to enjoy what God says is rightfully yours. Amen. You say yes. Yes. This is a fun book, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. And I found that uh, it's really about mantles. Elijah, Elisha, Paul, Timothy, how and a, a mantle can be transferred from one person to the next. And I kept, I, years back, I kept like gathering information on mantles. And I found I could gather very little because there wasn't a lot written about it. So I wrote a book about how to receive a mantle, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. But I have to tell you, honestly, in the short amount of time that we have together, you have to be very, very careful if you read this book and you ask God for a mantle because you'll probably get it. Amen. It's not as hard as people think. Praise you God. really you have to be careful because Hallelujah. I've had some people that have heard these teachings. They've gone out and grabbed things in the Spirit. Yes. Thank yes. The Spirit of God came on them in the same way that He was formerly on somebody else to do Amen. great exploits right. in the name of Christ. Amen. So, you, whether you need a business mantle, whether you need an administrative mantle, something for ministry, you want some more, how can I say, horsepower under the hood, yeah. this will really help you get there. Amen. But you have to be careful because you, you might be shocked at how fast God will honor such a request like that. Amen. Praise God. That's on the product table. Hallelujah. Here's a book called How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit. Wow. And Paul said, don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Remember that? Yes. You'd be shocked how ignorant people are. That's the right. very thing Paul said, don't be ignorant about, some people, uh, oh, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, if you ask an average Christian, can you even name the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit? Maybe one or two? Wow. <laughs> but this book will not only uh, just go surface level, it goes deep. So each one of these gifts you can operate in. Amen. Woo. Yes. Glory. Hallelujah. Healing gifts and all these things. Yes. And prophecy. All of you all need of to be able to prophesy. Yes. Out of all the nine gifts, if you want to get up and running quick, there's no easier gift to manifest in your life than the gift of prophecy. Amen. Hallelujah. In its simplest form, to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Amen. Any believer, you don't have to be a prophet, any believer can flow in that. Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's on the product table. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, this one, the sacred anointing, is the only one that has my testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all have a testimony, don't we? That's right. And, yes. you know, I, I believe we need to share what we've been through sometimes. I, I had a lady one time. She was living in her car, uh, and I, actually it was a very nice car. And she said to me one day as I was trying to find out how I could help her, she said, I'm sure you have no way of identifying with what I'm going through. I said, well, I, I said, I, I can't identify exactly because what you're going through, you had a car. What I went through, I actually lived in a cardboard box. So you're doing better than what I was once doing. She was shocked. She couldn't believe it. Wow. Uh, but see, God can God can make beauty out of all your ashes. Hallelujah. Yes. God lifted me up from a situation that in many ways was, was hopeless. I actually felt like my mind was going to snap. Your mind is... Is elastic. It's like a like a rubber band, but you can stretch it too far through great trials and great trauma, and that's why some people uh, they're not quite all there. Praise God! Amen. But yes. God wants to heal minds, restore bodies, and, uh, and things like that. Yes. But uh, it's the Word of God that will change your life. Yes. And it was the Word that got me out of that 
hellacious situation, a literal Job experience, and now place me into a place where, um, how do we say, I'm sleep, sleeping nice and comfortable now. I have a nice home, I drive a nice vehicle, hallelujah. Got beautiful Mercedes Benz, I'm not sweating it anymore, hallelujah. God's been good to me. But all of that took place because of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Following the instructions of God's Word. Praise God. So some of you, you don't have to dig out of a hole like I did. You just need a little more wind in your sails and you'll be off into the fullness of your destiny that God has for you. Glory. Hallelujah. Here's a teaching I did called co-creating. And God could just do it all by himself, but he likes to work with his people. Mm. Oh, there's some new things God wants brought back into the earth. Some new things that have never been seen before in the earth God wants to bring forth. Yeah. You know, I was in a meeting one time. It was probably almost 20 years ago when Kenneth Copeland prophesied. The Lord Jesus speaking through uh, Kenneth Copeland. And the Lord was saying, I tried to give the laptop industry to a Christian. I tried to give laptop technology to a believer. But they wow. all refused me. I had to wow. go to the world. Wow. So he went to Bill Gates. Isn't that amazing? Who would like to co-create with God today? Yeah. Really? Wow. Hallelujah. 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 Ooh, this one's fun. This one's called More Than Enough. I thought I would call it broke, busted, and disgusted, but nobody would buy it if I called it that. Hallelujah. This is how to walk in God's provision. Amen. Praise God. God bless you today. More than enough. Ooh, hallelujah. Slipstream of heaven. I live in uh, just north of Charlotte in Mooresville, North Carolina, which is a NASCAR hub. A lot of the race car guys, they live there, they, they, they have their homes there, and where our office is at, there's cars going by our office with, if you think 500 horsepower or something, that's nothing. I've seen guys go by our office with 2,000 horsepower cars, makes the wow. ground shake almost. But all those guys know what it means to be in a slipstream. If you're racing, you want to get behind the guy in front, let him do all the work. Let him push all that wind out of the way, and he'll actually create a vacuum or suction that, that not only blocks the wind, it actually pulls you along. Do you know there's a slipstream in the spirit realm you can get into? Amen. You don't have to sweat, wear yes. yourself out. You just get over in the spirit, and revelation begins to flow. Understanding begins to flow, and you begin to go stay over into the glory realm. Hallelujah. Anybody like to get pulled into that slipstream? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Working with angels. Ooh, I like that. Working with angels. Would y'all like to talk about angels today? Yeah. Look at all the hands going up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just received by faith. Amen. Oh, look at that. I, I just believe that we need to give them something to do. Hallelujah. The angels of God can be busy. I don't want to meet my angel in heaven. And he, said, he just says, you know, I, I, I watched over you, protected you. That's just kind of basic stuff. I wish we could have done something great for God yes. together. Yes. So you really do, do need to put up the work. That, that teaching is available on the product table. Amen. Mantles from heaven. Mantles from heaven. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you again, it's just amazing <laughs> how easy you can get a mantle. You really have to be careful what you ask. It's, you know, I, think, I think in some ways you can get a mantle easier than catching a cold. <laughs> oh, there's a pursuit. There's a willing to embrace both sides of the coins. Uh, but if you really want it, God's not one to say no on things like this. You holding your hand up there, right back there. Hallelujah. Just want to bless you with this today. May you receive your mantle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. 
You guys, after this service, build up your spiritual library. Hallelujah. Amen. Take good care of your spirit. Praise the Lord. Do you have your Bibles today? Amen. Let's go today to the book of, let's go to the Gospel of Luke. And as we are also streaming live to uh, uh, Apostles' website on Facebook, we're also streaming live to Amen. all of our live stream friends, which also will make its way to YouTube and other internet formats. We greet you today in the love of Christ from warm, sunny Southern California. We're going to Luke chapter 23. Let's go down to verse 55. We want to talk today about the subject of visions seen into the spirit realm and receiving those things that God wants us to receive. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come now and quicken it. That it not just be a history lesson, not just be factual information, although we'll receive that as well, but that it be bread of life, living rhema. Now we thank you for it. Let us feed on it and be nourished by your word in Jesus' name. And we all say amen. Amen. Well, Luke chapter 23, verse 55, and the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after. And they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Verse uh, 1, chapter 24. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Very interesting because in Mark's account, as the women were walking towards the tomb, they had the logical conversation that I think anybody would uh, have to bring up. Uh, who's going to move the stone? See, I think a lot of people, they would have thought, well, that's impossible. We might as well just go back home. The Lord knows we meant well, but we can't move the stone. But they kept on going. By the time they got there, the stone was gone. I think many of you, if you'll just keep on going, you'll see God work things out. Amen. A lot of people throw in the towel, they quit, and they think, I can't get there. God will get you there. You just have to keep on walking. Hallelujah. Okay? So they kept on walking. I'm glad because they, they're going to walk themselves into supernatural encounters. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. That must have been quite shocking, right? See, because they just saw him laid there previously. They even saw the position, head here, feet there. They could see also that uh, he had been already wrapped in the linen cloth that was soaked in the aloes and the myrrhs. And so he's gone. Wow. Actually, the only thing left was, I guess you could call it the shell that he had been wrapped in. Now, they're bringing extra spices because they want to do a really good job. But when the Lord was taken down from the cross, Joseph of Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus, they had already got the, the, the Lord's body ready for burial. And they had already done all the preparation, wrapped it, and had over, oh, right around 75 pounds of this liquid mixture that they soaked the linen strips with. Wrapped all the fingers, wrapped the arms, wrapped the legs, wrapped the body, wrapped everything except for what? The face. So you can imagine the ladies going to the tomb. He's not there, but that cloth that he was wrapped in would have had began to harden, and they probably thought the same thing you or I would think. How in the world did he get out of there? Not only is the question, where did the body go? How did somebody get the body out of that? 
And, and it gives you uh, insight into this on the next verse of what that did to their minds. Verse 4, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. Greatly perplexed how in the world did the body come out of the cloth? Because the cloth's still laying there. It's still laying there. But he's not there. He's gone. So they were greatly perplexed about this. But I think there's many things in life that you can get perplexed about. You could have those times in life where you think, Lord, I'd do anything to have you appear next to me, sit down here with me at the coffee table, and give me 20 minutes to ask you anything I want. But what if stuff like that could happen? And he could dissolve all of your perplexities. How about that? Lord, why did this happen? Lord, why did I go through this? Why did you permit that? And this and that and many other things. I think there's a lot of questions we can ask when we get to heaven. The Lord will answer them. But I think there's a lot that he'd like to talk about now if that were to be worked out. How about that? Amen. And all of your perplexities can be unfolded and unraveled by the master. Well, it says... Uh, while this was going on, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Verse 10 tells you some of the ladies who were there. It was Mary Magdalene. Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. All right. So they go and they tell the apostles what they saw. And, the, uh, you know, to Peter and the other guys, to them it just seemed like make-believe stories. They just could not wrap their understanding around it. And so some time goes by. You move next into the chapter 24 of the story of the two men on their way to Emmaus. Uh, a seven-mile walk from Jerusalem. And as you know, these two men, they're walking along, and the Bible tells you that the Lord drew near, and he joined the conversation. But the Lord veiled himself, and they could not tell that it was Jesus. So you have Cleopas, you have the other man, they're walking along. Here comes the Lord, pulls up, and uh, you know says, hey, you know, what are you guys talking about? Why are you so sad? And they're basically like, man, where are you from? Haven't you heard what took place in Jerusalem? I mean, are you from like another planet? And, and he was like, well, what are you talking about? And they began to say, you know, oh, this Jesus of Nazareth, the, the, pro, the great prophet. And we thought he was going to be the one that was going to restore Israel. And, and, all, and the Lord began to explain to them, expounding from the scriptures, beginning with Moses and the prophets, all the things that had to happen to the Messiah. But it was very, very interesting what took place as the journey went along. Uh, verse 22, these are the men. They talked to the Lord and they said, Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels. Please say that. Vision. Say vision of angels. Vision of angels. And of course, the vision of angels said he was alive. Now, when you read that story in chapter 24, the ladies basically say, We saw two men. But they went back and basically said the two men were angels, right? I need to let you know this. In order to see angels, you have to be in a vision. You might, you might think, I, I got that, Pastor Stephen. You'd be shocked how many don't get that. I used to live on a mountain in a certain uh, rural community called Moravian Falls. And this 
little town and this little mountain had become known prophetically around the world because there were a lot of supernatural encounters and experiences that happened in that area, and particularly that happened on that mountain. Believe it or not, people would come flying up that mountain on their jeeps, in their cars, jump out of their car at the top of the mountain and say, where are the angels? Where are the angels? And they actually think just because you're there that in that spot that, that you're somehow going to see them. You have to understand that in order to see angels, you have to be in a vision. They had a vision of angels. Did you catch that? Yeah. They had a vision of angels. Let's say that you had been there in Jerusalem all that morning 2,000 years ago, and you were just allowed to tag along with those ladies. What would have happened if you had been there with them? Would you have seen the angels? No, unless you also happen to be caught up in that vision. Without going into a vision, you cannot see angels. Why? They're spirit beings. They're spirit beings. Now, I need to give a little preface to that. How can I say? Maybe a little footnote. I don't want to call it an exception, but I will say that we have to give a little leeway here. There can be times when angels take on a disguise of a human form. And if that's the case, now you can see them with your own eyeballs. And you can also touch them. But if that is the case, usually it's going to happen so quick, you don't really have time to say, Hey, I think you're an angel. I'm not letting you go. And you grab them. By the time that stuff, usually you begin to get the light starts to come on, usually they, they've already left or something like that. When I've had the, in, the experience of encountering people that are actually angels, by the time I realize it, I'm, I, I can, I've got to keep moving. I can't stop. Usually it happens at airports, mm. and usually I'm in a great rush. I need help, and somebody pops up at the right place. And me and uh, Kelly have had this lady pop up with red hair, and she pops up, and she helps us, and she has the most hilarious smile. She's so happy, tells us exactly where to go. But we're always rushing to try to make that. Maybe our flight came in late, so we have a connecting flight. So I never have time to say, hey, I've got a strong suspicion that you're probably, but I, I, see, I don't have time to get into all of that. You probably won't either. But remember Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, it says, you really need to be on the alert. Because when you're, when you're helping people, being hospitable and things like that, hosting people, there are times when you might not know it, but you're actually entertaining who? Angels. So stop and think about it. If you can entertain an angel and you don't know it's an angel and you think it's a person, right? Well, they must be able to change shape. Now, hang with me, right? We're not just talking about sci-fi movies, right? There's always a genuine. If an angel can appear just like a person and maybe sit in a church service and they look just like a person, but you don't know it, you just think that's somebody sitting over there, maybe a new visitor. Well... You know, the thing is they obviously would have the ability to change form and change shape. Or else, you know, they'd stick out. You know, their wings would be sticking up and stuff like that, right? We also know that not all angels have wings, right? Here's another, here's another little sacred cow. Can I kick it over as well? Yeah. Not all angels have blonde hair. You still love me in Southern California? <laughs> Am I still welcome to come back to Southern yeah. California? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But they can change form. They can change shape. They can look just like a person. Would you like to go a little bit further? 
Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get you prepped. Yes. I don't know what you're going to see when God grants your vision. I don't know what you're going to see, but I think sometimes you need to know the potentials of what you could see. That way, when it begins to unfold, you can go with it. Hallelujah. I'm going to go further. An angel can take the form of a human, and they can appear physical. You can touch them. You can push them. They're not like a marshmallow. They feel real. But they're still an angel, though, that's taking that form. They will eventually turn back into their 100% spirit essence. Now, they can also change form, and they can even look like a horse. Still hanging with me this morning? Praise God. Did you ever notice in 2 Kings chapter 6 that when the prophet of God was surrounded by the Syrian army? How about that? You've got one guy so lethal against the forces of the enemy that the enemy sends an entire army against one guy. Against one man. Surrounds the whole city. We're trying to get one guy. He's that, he's that dangerous in the spirit realm. And so they, they surround the whole city. Uh, the prophet and his assistant wake up in the morning. Uh, the assistant goes out to get the morning newspaper, the uh, Jerusalem Post, to bring it inside. And he goes, oh, he goes, man of God, I've I noticed they've surrounded the whole city. They've tracked you down. What, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? He goes, ah. He goes, don't worry. He said, there's, there's more on our side than there is on their side. You know, you can say stuff like that out of your head and still be afraid. But when it comes out of your spirit, ah, that's the realm you have to live in. Hallelujah. has to be from the heart, not from your head. He goes, no, he goes, he goes, there's more for us than there are for them. And uh, he had to pray for the, his assistant to see what he already had saw. And what it was is that the whole city was actually surrounded with God's angels. And the angels had taken the form of chariots and horses. When you read it, there's nobody in those chariots. Wouldn't that look weird? That'd be like seeing cars go down the street and there's nobody in the cars, Right. Now, I can understand that maybe 40 years from now when everything's automotive, maybe you just want to send your car somewhere, not even ride in it. Send it down to the grocery store and have it come back for you full of food. But you have a whole army of uh, horses and pulling chariots swirling around, and there's nobody even in the chariots. You have to understand that angels can take the shape and the form of a horse. You do know they're not a horse, right? They're not eating hay, okay? But they can take that form. Very important that you understand that. You move over to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah uh, is a book that is just ongoing angelic encounters, angelic conversations, angelic activity. And you'll see there, I believe it's chapter 3, where Zechariah is talking to the angel and he sees these horses coming. The horses have different colors. One horse is like a dapple color. One horse is a red color. One horse is a black color. And Zechariah sees them coming, and he says, he says to the angel, he goes, um, he goes, what are those? What are those colored horses? And what did the angel say? He said, they're spirits. Did you catch that? The horses are spirits. They're spirits. They are angels taking the form of horses. How about that? Woo! Woo! I had a vision one time and the Lord appeared in the vision and he, he talked with me. He talked to me about, about my travels, going to the nations and things like that. And he said, I, I have a gift for you, for you. By the way, how many of you like free gifts? Yeah. Hallelujah. If your hands on up, I'll pray for you after the service for mine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. 
He said, he said, I have a, I have, I have a gift for you. I said, oh, Lord, I, I'd like to receive it. And th this was going on in a vision, of course. I saw the Lord. And it's like a big curtain, like a big veil appear, appeared. There's a very beautiful veil curtain. And he had his hand on it. And he pulled it back. And when he pulled it back, you wouldn't believe what I saw. A horse. It was the largest horse I've ever seen in my life. His neck was like this big. And it wasn't a race horse. It, it, was, it was not a thoroughbred with the skinny legs. It was, a, like a, it was like a big, giant Belgian draft horse that would pull those heavy loads. But it was bigger than any natural horse on the earth. When I looked at it, it looked like it was maybe 16 feet tall. I mean, this thing was ginormous. And the Lord said, that is your angel over your international travels. Oh, I said, oh, wow. And see, but he was, he was a new angel. He was just getting released into my ministry that day. <laughs> and the Lord said, from this day on, when you travel international in the work uh, of preaching my gospel, you shall travel business class. Now look, that's good news for a guy that's been riding on the back of the bus for, for years and years and years. For years and years and years. Not just riding in the back of the plane. I'm talking sometimes in the very back seat right next to the toilet. And you get the smell. You get the aroma. I mean, you know, the 16-hour the, the, the flights to toilets, they just start to fill up after a while. And, you know, they just it doesn't go away. And if you're on that back seat on an international flight, everybody else puts their seat back to recline. They come right up, you know, just like that to you. And you push yours, and it won't go back. You're against the wall. Try sitting there for 16 hours and just, oh, man, did that for year after year after year, flight after flight, all over the world, doing that year after year. And so when the Lord says, this this angel will now help you fly business class anywhere you go in the world, I was like, oh, glory. Yes. I saw myself go up on that horse, sit on his back. I saw my wife appear on the horse and sit on his back. And I saw my daughter appear and sit on the horse as well. You want to talk about something wild? Not just for a minister to fly business class, but to take his wife and to take his daughter all over the world and go business class. I've never met another man of God yet who's been able to do that. I know men and women of God who have their own jets. I believe God will eventually take me to that place to travel. But to just go anywhere in the world and take your wife and take your daughter... It, see, it's by the Lord. It's by the Lord. And we've traveled all over the place, all over the world. And, you know, I, I've had wonderful experiences. You know, you go on Air China. You know, they take your shoes off. They took my shoes off, put my slippers on for me. I didn't have to touch my shoes. And it's so nice when you're flying and, and the seat turns into a bed. And they say, Mr. Brooks, let us make your bed for you. I'm like, praise God. Go right ahead. Hallelujah. And you lay down in your bed and read your Bible. Hallelujah. I fly 35,000 feet. Praise God. Because I've, I've gone into countries before, and the moment the plane has landed, I've gotten off the plane, gone through customs, and walked right into eight nonstop meetings. No time to shower, no time to sleep, go right into eight meetings. Do one meeting, finish it. Go into another, do another meeting, do that. Do that for all day long, all day long. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the Lord said, I'm going to do this for your comfort. And for years and years now, I've enjoyed that by God's blessing. But what if I'd have had that vision and I'd have seen that horse and I said, Ooh, I know that's of the devil. <laughs> no. Understand the prophetic language of God. Why does God do stuff like that? Because Jesus is not just prophetic. He is the prophet. Amen. And he likes to symbolize things. 
He likes he likes he likes playing around in the sense like you catch what I'm saying? Yes, yes, Lord, I understand that because he likes to be prophetic. He likes you to pick up on these things. I had a vision one time, and I saw in the vision uh, elephants, and they stomped their feet and they said, "Come over here and help us." And I could tell that the Lord was allowing me to see these elephants. It was a prophetic vision. I knew the Lord was symbolically speaking to me, go there, you'll make a big impact. See, that's what the elephant does. He makes a big impact. Go there. But I said, I, I said to, to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm seeing these elephants. I know they're angels taking the shape of elephants, and they're asking me to come, but I don't want to go to the wrong continent. Is this India or Africa? I couldn't quite tell. You don't want to go to the wrong place, praise God. But they were Indian elephants. Hallelujah. And so the phone call came in. Pastor Stephen, come help us in India. And I went, and I went, and I went, running back and forth to the nation of India. And we have done a lot of work there. Can you say praise to the Lord? Say visions of angels. Just say that. Say visions of angels. In order to see an angel, in order to see these things, you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision. Well, I guess that counts me out, Pastor Stephen. No, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're closer to a vision than perhaps what you've ever realized. Woo! So close. So easy to sleep into, uh, slip into a vision. Mm. Pastor Stephen, God don't ever show me nothing. Something's going to shift today. Amen. Something's going to shift. Hallelujah. We've kind of like, we've kind of like mystified this. And, and there is a mystical element to it. There is a walk with God element to it. But a lot of people have made it like almost like this impossible realm. You can't get into this unless you're praying 10 hours a day. And unless you do five 40-day fasts every year. And so that's going to exclude probably 99.99% of the people. But that's not the way the Lord is. If you're hungry, if you're hungry and you know how to lean in, as the Spirit begins to move, you just lean in and the next thing you're there. The next thing you're there. Hallelujah. You can have fresh new encounters with the Lord. I believe in this meeting something new is going to come on you. Can you say yes? I believe something's going to happen to your eyes in this meeting. Hallelujah. There's going to be an ability to go up like you've never had before to go up. Praise God. The victory really is in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. The enemy will fight to try to keep you out of the spirit realm. But that's your inheritance. That's where you belong. Praise the Lord. Visions of angels. I believe you're going to have visions. Say yes. Yes. Tell the person to your left, he's talking to you. Now tell the person to the right, tell them you're going to have a vision. Wow. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Matthew chapter 17. Apostle Lindsay, is this your, your water, water or my water? The one in the bottle. The one in the bottle is mine? Okay, praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 17. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Time for some visions. Amen. When Handel wrote Handel's Messiah and wrote particularly the world-famous course, the Hallelujah Course, all of that came out of a vision. When he was caught up in the heaven. Did you know that? That didn't come out of his brain. He heard them singing that in heaven and penned it and wrote it. Praise God. Praise God. 
It was almost in a non-stop vision for 21 days. He wrote, wrote the whole oratorio in 21 days. Almost, uh, it, just almost literally impossible to do that, something like that. When the person would shove the food underneath the door, the assistant would shove the food underneath the door, and he'd get just, just get shoved back out. He hardly even ate for 21 days. As he was in heaven, uh, just hearing these phenomenal melodies and songs of worship in heaven. May that anointing be on this house. Amen. Amen. Matthew 17, verse 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. How many of you uh, just, you may not understand that verse, but you feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, if you know, we just can't take it out of the Bible just because it, it makes you feel, well, I don't know about that. One of the verses that you maybe don't always hear preached on in your normal Sunday morning type sermon. It's okay. It's still there. See, it says, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Well, I think, I think people, they're going, to give, they're going to give Elijah a free pass. Elijah, we'll, we'll let you appear because technically we know that you never died. You were taken up off the earth. You were translated. And you never even died. Isn't that cool? He's still in heaven today. How about Amen. that? It's coming. Amen. But we don't quite know what to do with Moses because he died. So what's he doing there? Hallelujah. But see, the Lord's talking to Moses and Elijah. These are the redeemed saints. Can you say yes? Yeah. In heaven, in heaven, there are no dead saints, by the way. There are all of your relatives in the Lord, all of your loved ones in the Lord. I'll go further. All your pets that you loved, they'll be there too. Hallelujah. Can you believe I, I got caught up to heaven one time? I was so distraught over my dog that died. The dog traveled in the motorhome with us all over the nation as we preached the gospel. Drive here, drive there. Drive from California to North Carolina. Drive from Texas to Montana. Drive here, drive there. Drive all over the place. And the dog's in the glory the whole time. <laughs> and the dog would sleep right by the door unless anybody would try to do something in the middle of the night. Because when you're traveling like that, you just you just sleep kind of like wherever you stop at at the end of the day. And a lot of times it was in the parking lot of a restaurant or something like that. So that dog that dog was a great blessing in our life. And when the dog died, I, I, I was so sad. I didn't think I would be. But when she died, I, it just hit me. It hit me. I was so sorrowful. It was so sorrowful. And just a few days after that, I was preaching uh, in a service. And right when I finished my message, I went into the vision. I, I hadn't walked off the, the platform. I was still standing in front of the people. And I got caught up and went right into a vision. And I saw I saw my mansion in heaven. The Lord took me inside of it. And there was my dog. There was my dog. Laying on a big, beautiful cushion like velvety mat. And had a collar, a gold collar with her name. Like in, like looked like it was laser engraved on the collar, and her name was Tabitha, and it said Tabitha Brooks. Can you believe that? Hallelujah. <laughs> then, then one of the angels went out uh, and took her out to play in the in paradise. Paradise is a park the size of the planet. It's it's like a whole planet, and she was just the, my dog was running, but looked like thousands of other dogs. Amazing. But no dog beds to pick up anywhere. Isn't that glorious? <laughs> I've told the Lord. I, I'm going to wet your creative juices a little bit. I've told the Lord that when my time comes and I cross over the glory, I want a special pet. I want a saber-toothed tiger. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> and so when you see me in heaven one day, walking around. <laughs> so you got a lot of fun in heaven. All the prototypes are up there, actually, by the way, that were originally on the earth. It's just absolutely an amazing place that you want to go to. And I know that's that's where you're going because you love the Lord Jesus. You're washed Amen. with his blood. Yeah. Can you say yes? Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody that's not got their ticket yet, we can get your ticket to ride before the meeting is over today. Hallelujah. It's faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, here's Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. Peter wakes up. And I believe really what woke Peter up was the glory emanating from the Lord. So Peter, James, and John wake up. And they behold this amazing event of an experience of the Lord having with redeemed saints. Verse 7, but Jesus came and touched them because they were terrified and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down, let, let me say something on that. I have had the privilege of, in the spirit realm, seeing angels. I have had the privilege in the spirit realm of even meeting redeemed saints. Yeah. But really, as we all know, there's nobody else like Jesus. He's the king. He's the one we all bow the knee to. He's the one that we're continually just wanting to know more and more about. He's the only one that we worship. Amen. So I like that. They saw no one but Jesus only. Verse 9. Watch this. This is very important. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them saying, Tell what? To no one. Tell the vision. Tell, tell, tell the vision to no one. Tell the vision to no one. You cannot see angels. You cannot see redeemed saints. You cannot see the glory unless you are in a vision. So everything that took place on that mountain, the transfiguration, the conversation with Moses and Elijah, it all took place in a vision. What would happen if you could step out those doors right there and there were a time machine waiting for you? We all took turns. You know, we'll let this side go first, okay, two at a time. Okay. You can get in the time machine, go back 2,000 years, Okay, you're still wearing your clothes like you're wearing right now. You go back 2,000 years in time, and you set the date to arrive right when this event is going on. And the time machine lands on that same mountain on that same night, okay? And so you get out. Could you, on that mountain, could you also see Moses and Elijah? No. No, you are right. Unless you also were caught up into the vision. Yeah. Okay, so Jesus saw Moses and Elijah. Peter, James, and John, four guys all at one time saw Moses and Elijah, right? And the Lord had the conversation with the two redeemed saints. Praise God. Praise God. There can be corporate visions where the entire church can get caught up at the same time. Amen. And all of you see the same thing at the same time. Amen. Don't tell me that's not fun. Wow. That's really exciting. Amen. That is very, very interesting. Glory to God. And there's also individual visions. Hallelujah. I believe if Peter, James, and John perhaps would have stayed away, maybe they could have even gotten involved in the conversation. Praise the Lord. I don't know what you're going to see when you have a vision, but when it comes, just lean into the vision and let the Lord show you what He wants you to see. Mm. Pastor Stephen, again, why do we need these visions? To unravel your perplexities of life. See, the women... They had the vision of God. What did it do over there in Luke 24? It took away all their perplexity. Oh, well, no wonder he's not here. He's gone. He's alive. He's not here anymore. Like the angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? 
So your perplexities, your deep troubling questions, Lord, what about my children? Lord, what about my career? Lord, what about this? What about these choices? And God gives you a vision and all of your troubles just dissolve, just like that. Okay, now I know, Lord. Now I know what to do. Praise God. Now I know. Hallelujah. And God can give you strength. God can give you courage even to face difficult things. The Lord still hath to face the cross. He still hath to face his crucifixion. But he's been encouraged by Moses and even Elijah himself. How about that? Mm -hmm. Say, I'm open to visions. Say, I'm expecting a vision. I'm expecting a vision. I was sitting on the front row in Jerusalem, Israel, of a major Christian conference. There's an apostle sitting on my other side, and my wife is sitting on my other side. And so I've already finished my speaking sessions. I'm done. And the, the prophet that's wrapping up the conference, he's the last speaker, and he's up, he's up there speaking, and he's just going to town. I mean, he's preaching so fast, and I mean, he's, and he's preaching away, and there's a glory. And the glory is building. And everybody can sense that the glory is building. So I'm sitting there on the front row. And while I was on the front row, uh, it felt like somebody was pouring oil on my head. And I, I reached over and kind of gently elbowed Kelly. And I said, Kelly, somebody is like pouring oil on my head. And you know, when you're sitting on the front row, you kind of want to turn around to see what's, what somebody might be doing behind you. Unless they're, you know, pouring something on you and being silly to you. But you don't want to look, you know, when there's a lot of people, maybe 800 people there. So you don't just want to turn around, hey, are you doing something in my head? But, you know, something, you can feel something being poured on your head. And so I elbowed the, the apostle next to me. This man was in his 70s, a veteran of walking in the spirit. And I said, brother, I said, I'm sitting here and somebody's pouring oil on my head. He goes, Yes. He said, something's definitely going on in this meeting. He said, I just looked over my shoulder. He was sitting on the front row with me. He said, I just looked over my shoulder, and he said, when I did, he said, wings popped out of my back. <laughs> How many of you like that to happen in this meeting? And he said, he said, when they popped out of my back, now these are spiritual wings, you understand, right? He said, when they popped out of my back, I shot up in the air. And I was, I was shown a jet black palace of Ashtaroth, the spirit of lust that is working to affect men in the world to walk in lust. Wow. And I was shown her, her palace, and I was given instruction by an angel of how to pray against this evil work. And he said, I just got back. I just got back. And all of that while well, he's sitting there, but his spirit had gone on a trip. How? In a vision. In a vision. And this whole time, I just I feel like oil. Now you can't see it, but I feel like oil is going all over my face, all over my head. I mean, it's tangible. It's 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 like a nice irritating thing. Irritating in the sense like this is really really distracting me. It was comfortable. It was warm, but it's like you're trying to like you're trying to you know your brain still works right. Yeah. Even when you're in the spirit, your your mind you still have that functioning. So I'm like, what's going on? I, what's taking place? When these things happen to you. Just lean into them. Amen. Lean into them. Okay. So, the prophet that's ministering, he concludes his preaching and says, Now I would like to pray for people. And so, the ushers begin to line people up by the hundreds. Uh, and one of the ushers made a mistake and grabbed the speakers 
including me and my wife and the other man of God. He grabbed us and pulled us right up into the front of the row. Normally, we just want the, the people to get ministered to. But he somehow was so busy, he got a little confused when he just grabbed us and put us up there. And so here comes the prophet. He's coming down the road, and he's praying for people. And you can, you can feel the glory. He's praying for people. He's praying over people. And he gets to my friend. He gets to my friend first. He's standing next to me. And he says, thus says the Lord, in this meeting, God has given you wings. That you might ascend up and see the work of the enemy and pray effectively against it. How about that? And he's got to, see, some of you are going to get your wings. You're waiting to heaven to get your wings. You can get them today. <laughs> All right? Did you catch that? God wants you to be able to go up. Because mm. inside of you, there's an eagle, not the chicken, right? You need to be able to go up. Hallelujah. And so then he got to me. And he says, Thus says the Lord. In this service, the prophet Elijah has come into the meeting. And he has been standing behind you the entire time of the service, pouring oil on your head. And I was told later by him and his dear friend that that anointing that came on me there was for the working of miracles. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I'll bring you the gift of the working of miracles. Hallelujah. Praise God. All the glory be to God. Praise See, God. my friends, God wants you to get into these visions. Get into the Spirit so that you can receive things. So that you can receive things of great sacred value. Can you say yes? Yes. Can we get one more example? One more example. Let's go to go quickly to Acts chapter 10. And then I want to pray for you after that. Praise you, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Tell the person next to you, I, I believe you're going to have a vision. And tell the person on the other side, say, I believe I'm going to also. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. My wife and I actually live in a town literally called Cornelius. We like it. We like living there. We're always thinking about the first Gentile convert, Cornelius himself. A centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Uh, the centurions were always cast in a very positive light in the scriptures. And if you were a centurion, preferably uh, to get the best bonuses, the best perks, the best benefits, you would like to be in the Italian Regiment. So this guy's got everything going good for him. Verse 2, it says he's a devout man. One who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. So he has a vision of an angel, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And he clearly saw him. Now, verse 4, and when he observed him, he, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Mm, what is it? Please. Please don't feel like you can't talk to an angel. Okay? Almost every angel I've met, not all, not all, some of them were in a hurry, but almost every angel I've met, I'll ask them their name. And I mean, it's just nice to know people, right? I mean, if we're talking, can you imagine sitting at the table, somebody talking for an hour, and you don't even know their name? <laughs> right? So a lot of times you want to ask them their name. <gasps> can I do that? Well, sure. I mean, he actually said, what is it? Mm -hmm. If they come, lean into the experience. What are you here for? 
What is your name? What do you do? If there's something that you're not supposed to know, they'll tell you. You can't know that. But outside of that, you, you, can, you can have freedom to explore a little bit. A lot of times their name will actually give you a reference to their personality, their job, what they're called to do, and the type of assignment they have, as well as the clothing. Take, take very careful note of their clothing because the color of their clothing can also designate not only their status and their rank, but also their calling. Not all angels are messenger angels or guardian angels or even warring angels. There are many, many other departments of angels. Praise God. And so the angel gives him an instruction, right? Did you notice that? Please don't miss it. He gave him an instruction, right? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to uh, call for Peter, ask him to come. This is where he's staying at. This is who he's staying at. This is where he's located at. Bring him here. Okay. Any loss that you ever experience in your life can always be traced to the failure of obeying an instruction. Don't ever disobey an instruction. Uh, just a couple days ago, uh, a dear brother who's trying to work some things out in his life emailed me from, of all places, Moscow, Russia. Pastor Stephen, I'm in Moscow, Russia. Things aren't working out right. I don't know what to do. I replied back to him, short, succinct, and concise. This is exactly what you're supposed to do. Go to Rick Renner's church there in downtown Moscow. Attend his church, and God will have connections and blessing for you there. Now, today, today's Sunday, right? I get an email early this morning. Pastor Stephen, I didn't go. I, did, I just, you know, I, I didn't go because, you know, all these churches, they're just all the same. And, you know, I, I don't know if I could ever even personally speak to the main pastor. I just don't know. And I emailed him back immediately this morning. I said, you failed to obey, to obey an instruction. You did not do what I tell you to do. Well, you know, I, I just thought that, well, if you think you know everything to do, why are you asking me? Just go do it yourself. <laughs> I told him that, right? <laughs> but if you're asking me for help, this is what you're going to do. And if you're not going to do it, I cannot help you any further. Amen. Mm. Now, see, what does it say in Isaiah 48, verse 17? When the Lord says, I will teach you to profit. And I will instruct you in the way that you're supposed to go. But if you cannot follow instructions and you're not into my teaching, we just can't work together. You can still come to heaven. I still love you. You can still be blessed. But you cannot come into this kingdom area of prosperity unless you're willing to be taught and you're willing to follow instructions. That dear brother emailed me back so fast. Oh, Pastor Stephen, man of God, I'm so sorry. I said, I didn't know about you. See, I believe, I believe that when you're walking in divine authority, that when that man of God speaks to you, that it's God's voice speaking through, uh, through that person to you. Hallelujah. Now, I know people can abuse that. But I, I know that when it's genuine and it's pure, that when it, that person says something to you, you take it. And you take it as the word of the Lord. Can you say yes? Amen. Now, in the same way, when an angel gives you an instruction, that's not the time to come out of the vision and try to dissect the whole thing and analyze it. No, just do it. Just do it. Because this instruction is actually in the Bible what we would call a word of wisdom. And if you obey it, there's a really big blessing attached to it. But if you don't obey it, things are not going to go well. Hallelujah. So he obeys it. He follows that instruction to a T. Peter actually shows up. Can you believe uh, uh, the, 
the number one anointed person on the planet, the most in-demand preacher on the earth, actually makes a house call. How about that? <laughs> Woo! I mean, can you imagine Peter coming to your house? I mean, this is the heavyweight. This is the rock, right? Wow. Comes to your own house. And Cornelius and his entire family get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit because he followed the instruction. See, there's confirmation, right? <laughs> All creation says amen. A vision is more than just an experience where you, you get to see your friend later during the week and say, I, I, I met an angel and he, he, took, he tickled my toe with a feather. Yes, it was amazing. No, 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 it's more than that. Usually, there's an instruction. The angel told Joseph, get out of here. They're looking for the child. He left that night. Well, we need to call TripAdvisor and see if there's any hotels available down in Egypt. Uh, no, I mean pack and go now. See, something's going to happen. Some type of vision. But there's instruction attached to it. Something that you need to do. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Please close your Bibles and stand up. Lord, we thank you. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. I was, I was in a meeting one time in Taiwan, way back in the mountains. The host would get anointed speakers. He got me, and he would invite all these people from Southeast Asia. But a lot of the people were business people. A lot of the people were ministers. And he wanted to get us out of the city so the people aren't distracted with busy, busy, busy. Just stop, relax, be taught, and learn. So he took us to this remote resort. But this resort was very, very beautiful. And he insisted that I sleep in the emperor's room. This room was so luxurious. And so beautiful, they had pillows in there from the 12th century of ancient, like Chinese emperors used to sleep on these pillows. And you could pick any one you want. I picked one. I had some very unusual dreams that night. Hallelujah. Mm. But he insisted, he insisted that Stephen Brooks must, with his family, sleep in the emperor's suite. It was like the size of a house. And there's just three of us. And the, the, the dining table sat like 12 people. And so here's me and my wife and daughter and just food and food and food and, uh, uh, and just all this room and, and granite and beautiful this and chandeliers. And it was, it was so luxurious, but God was up to something. And while I was in the bathroom praying, I'd go into the bathroom to pray. Because, and it was beautiful. I mean, wall to wall granite, not just on the floors, on the walls. I mean, high-end bidets and just... <laughs> Very, very exotic, beautiful stuff. While I was in there praying, I'd been in there praying for several hours. I was kneeling down, and an angel came into the room. He came into the room, and would you believe that this angel was bronze? From the top of his head to his feet, his fingers, his clothes, uh, not just his robe, but the sack, every part of him was bronze. Bronze. Mmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And he said, my name is Boaz. 
Boaz in the Bible, the word translated means strength. Boaz is the man that married Ruth. What does it say about Boaz? Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. Is that in the Bible? Ruth chapter 2 verse 1. And he said, my name is Boaz. I am a financial angel. I have 3,000 other angels that work beneath my command. And we are in charge of bringing provision to ministers who are involved in the work of God. Somebody just got a little excited. So I believe, I believe some of you are going to have visitations by these angels. I'm going to release an impartation over your life. Those that are here, those that are watching. There's men and women of God who have their eyes set on the Lord. See, in order to access the Lord's provision, you have to look to Him. You can't look to people. You can't. You, you, now I know God works through people, but it, it, the, God is the originator. See, you have two eyes. You cannot look up with one eye and look down with the other at the same time. If you don't think you can't, uh, you think you can't try it right now. Try looking up with one eye and down with the other one at the same time. You can't do it. So you're either looking to God or you're trusting in people. You need to look to the Lord. The Lord is the one that will give you the breakthrough job. The Lord is the one that will lift your business. The Lord is the one that will give you the multi-million dollar idea. The Lord is the one that will bring the provision to your ministry. You must look to Him. Hallelujah. Oh God, we give you praise. Apostle, can you help me on the keyboard? I feel the anointing coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God, we praise you today. We thank you that the angels are here. Oh God, we thank you for your help. There's an army willing and wanting to help us. We thank you that you give visions to men, to women, to boys, to girls. You show us those things pertaining to our life, to our calling. Oh God, you're so good. We give you praise. Oh God, we give you praise today. Man of God, can we worship the Lord for a moment? Do you have a song? Of course, any on the worship team that would like to join you, that's fine. But I need I believe we need to worship the Lord for a moment. Amen. Yes, worship team, let us come. Hallelujah. Now, as you worship the Lord, the anointing will come. Sing to the Lord. And there's going to come a release in just a moment as I pray over you. Let's worship.
all over the room. Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Oh God, we give you praise. We thank you for your mighty anointing of your spirit. Oh God, we open our hearts now to receive the promise of your word. Oh God, we thank you that your prophetic anointing is here. And Father God, as I bless your people, let your prophetic anointing fall upon their eyes. Let them see into the glory realm. Let them see the angels. Let them receive the heavenly instructions. Let them receive. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Let them receive now. speaking to you, showing you your future. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. The Lord told me that there are those here today if you would like this. God would like to turn you into a Boaz. Did not Jesus say it is more blessed to give than it is to receive? You are more empowered when you're a giver as compared to receiving. Receiving is fun. Giving, you feel like God does. You know there's a difference in that feeling. If you want the Lord to turn you into a bonus, a person of great financial wealth, that God can receive glory through, that when God instructs you to give with that little nudge, with that little whisper, with that little move of, of, of the Holy Spirit in you, that you'll do it then. If you want God to turn you into a Boaz, a Boaz, lift your hands. You can be male or female. doesn't matter. Father, you see the hands that are raised, not only in the house, also online, as people are hungry to be empowered financially, to do what you've called them to do. Release the angels, oh God. Release the angels. And lift your people now into a position of financial strength. Father God, bless this house. Father God, bless the man of God and his wife. As even in the house, let it flow from the head down as recorded in Psalm 133. How the oil came down over the head of Aaron and down the beard. We thank you this will be a house of prosperity. This will be a house of rich worship. Lord, let your honey, your anointing come all over the worship in this house. Where the most beautiful albums are created and made and sold around the world. Because the Lord says the laborer is worthy of his hire. And what you create is, uh, can be sold because it will further the kingdom. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. There's much more travel in the future for you and your wife. So Father God, even that same anointing that came on me for business class travel. Touching now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. 
We give you praise and glory. The Spirit of God is moving. The fragrances of the Lord are here. Begin to pray in the Spirit for a moment. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Lord, we give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stop just for a moment to receive the offering, which is an act of worship. And then there's going to be some more ministry because the Lord wants to do something special in just a moment. Let us, you can have a seat. Let's receive an offering for my ministry. This allows me and my wife to continue to lift up the great name of Jesus wherever we go. If you want to give a check, Pastor, who do they make the check out to? Harvest Celebration Church. The Harvest Celebration Church. Pastor uh, will pull all the checks together. He'll write me one single check, which yes. is very nice. If you want to give by credit card, we have forms for those who'd like to give through the safe, secure transaction of credit card. Praise God. Take a moment and just give whatever the Holy Spirit presses on your heart to give. Husbands and wives, it's always good to be in agreement on the giving. Hallelujah. For years I pastored one time a husband and wife. They, they came to me and they said, we believe we're supposed to give an offering. The husband thought the offering was supposed to be $500. The wife thought the offering was supposed to be $100,000. I said, it's $100,000. <laughs> And it wasn't even coming into my ministry. But I knew exactly, knew exactly what it was supposed to be. And they did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the husband came into agreement. Hallelujah. And they were blessed because of that. Just do whatever the Lord tells you to do. I want to pray over the giving in just a moment. I believe God's going to raise up some Boazes in here. People that are mighty and wealthy. Hallelujah. I know there's those also that you want to have the extra to do the nice things, not just to go to Israel. But you know what's nice is when you can bring somebody with you. Amen. You just say, hey, come on, I've got your ticket and airfare covered. Come with me, we're going on a tour together. Everybody needs to go to the Holy Land at least once. One of the best ways to support Israel and to stand with Israel is actually to stand in Israel. You bless their economy. So much of their economy is based on tourism. And when you go there, you bless the, the blood relatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord still loves His Jewish people. The interesting thing is that so many of us are now in. So many of them are on the outside because they've rejected Christ. But they're still His family members through blood, and He loves them. So we want to do all we can to see the gospel come to the Jews. Can you say yes? Praise God. Are you ready to sow your seed today? Praise God. The offering baskets are coming around. Apostle Leslie, maybe we can say that again.
let's bring them to the front. I'd like to lay my hands on them. Praise God. Speak a blessing over them. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. There are many of you that need to go to Israel. Whether you go with Apostle Leslie or you go with myself, we'll go in 2018 in May. Amen. But you need to get plugged in somewhere and go. It'll change your life. Ten days in the Holy Land on tour, I think it's like the same thing as going to seminary for six to eight months. You'll come back saturated with the knowledge of the scriptures and the context in which the events unfolded. Praise the Lord. Please stretch your hands towards your giving today. Those online also, I'm blessing your giving as well. Praise God. Father, thank you. Your people have a desire. It's a righteous, it's a clean desire for increase. Oh God, they've sown seed. Multiply it back to them with the Boaz anointing that they become strong financially and they move more and deeper into a position of being in that blessed place of a giver. Yes, they are great receivers, but Father, we thank you for the strength of giving rising up. Oh God, Father, for those ladies that are of age for marriage, Lord God, give them a Boaz. Hallelujah. Not that they would marry a man for money, but that he will be a man that's spirit-filled and loves you and has his house financially in order and their strength. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Cancel debts of your people. Help them to get paid off miraculously. Let breakthroughs happen this week. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you do not speak in tongues, but you've always wanted to. You want to, get, you want to get filled with the Spirit. Come right now and the Lord will fill you. I'll lay my hands on you. He'll fill you. If you do not speak in tongues, if you're not filled with the Spirit, but you want to, you've always wanted that, come up to the front. I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. You may even want to just ask the person next to you, hey, do you speak in tongues? This is your moment. Anybody, come on. If you do not speak in tongues... Come to the front, and the Lord's going to fill you in this very service. You're going to get it. It's time. You're going to get the power that you've been looking for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you do not speak in tongues, please come to the front. Take your ways. Work. Push your way in. Hallelujah. Come on to the front. Get on the front row. We got a we got a place for you. Scoop down a little bit. Please, I'm, I'm about to break. If you're not up here and you want this, please come down. Please come down. If you're watching on the internet, you've never been filled with the Spirit. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. The Lord will fill you. Jesus, we praise you. Okay, is everybody up here saved? Everybody love Jesus. Washed clean with the blood of Jesus. That's awesome. The Apostle Paul was out traveling one day, Acts chapter 19, and he met 12 men. And he said, um, he said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? They said, uh, no, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. He said, what kind of a baptism did you have? The, the 12 guys said, well, we had John's baptism. Paul said, oh, yes, that's the baptism of repentance. Turning away from your sin, turning to God, getting your heart right with God. But he said, have you had the Holy Spirit baptism? They said, no. Oh, he laid his hands on them. And Jesus filled all of them with the Holy Spirit. And it said that they even prophesied. And they spoke in tongues afterwards. 
I'm going to come right down this line. I'm going to lay my hands on you. All I want you to do is receive. That's all you have to do. I don't know how it was for each of you when you got saved. Maybe you were in a crusade. You were led to the Lord by an evangelist. Maybe you're at home watching television and somebody on TV led you to Christ. But basically what you did, somehow you believed in your heart that Jesus is Savior and you trusted Him and He saved you, right? Maybe you felt something. Maybe you didn't. We didn't do it by feelings though. We did it by, the scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You called and He saved you, right? Just that simple. Same way with receiving this. All you have to do is just receive it. He'll fill you with this Holy Spirit. Whoop. That's some clear plastic right there. Hallelujah. I'm trying to reach my hand through it. You see my water bottle? Oh, it's, it's more full than half, right? It's filled up to right here. But when it's filled up full and overflowing, water starts coming out, right? That's all it is. When you're saved, you've already got the Holy Spirit. You've already got the water inside of you. But the baptism gives you the overflow. Gives you the overflow. Well, what does that do, Pastor Stephen? It gives you the power to live a life that's pleasing to God. It gives you power to say no to sin. It gives you power to move in the Spirit. It also makes it very easy to go into visions and supernatural experiences. Are you ready to receive? All I want you to do is just stand there, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for these precious people. I lay my hands on them. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Be filled, my dear brother, with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Christ. Be filled. In the name of Jesus. Oh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, my brother, with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Be filled in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, my brother. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Be filled, yes, with the Holy Spirit. Woo, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say praise God. Now let me say this. Maybe you felt something. Maybe you didn't. You took it. Doesn't matter. You took it by faith, right? Amen. And he filled you. Amen. Now watch this. Because he has filled you, you can now speak in tongues. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, you just stand right there. When I get to three, we're all going to speak it out. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, and it began to come up out of me, it began to come up like. Da, 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 la, da, ba, da, da. And then it began to go a little faster, a little faster, then it began to flow out. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I say three, all you have to do is just speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives you. So don't speak English, don't speak Spanish. It's just an utterance. Whatever comes up, it comes out. That's all you got to do. If it helps, you can close your eyes. If it helps, keep your eyes open. When I get to three, just speak it. Will you do that? Because the Holy Spirit, He won't grab your mouth and move it. That's all you got to do is move it and speak it. He'll give you the utterance. Are you ready? When I say three, all of you, pray in the Spirit with me. Will you do that? One. Is everybody there in the back ready? Two. Is everybody in the middle ready? Everybody online ready? This is your moment too if you've never been filled. God will fill you now. Three. 
God, open this gift. Open this realm to your people. Of not only seeing in the spirit realm and hearing, getting prophetic words, but also smelling in the spirit realm. Glory. Even there in the back. Hallelujah. Who else is giving the fragrance? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. What do you smell? has a meaning. If you get the fragrance of rose, you have to think, well, what does the Lord, what is he speaking through that smell? The, the rose represents intimacy. Jesus, your friend, the lover of your soul. Who else? Brother? Jesus. 
I see you being able to write the big checks. Yes. Bless her in the name of the Lord. Oh, you and your wife will both hear it as it says in the word of God. And a voice will speak from behind your shoulder. And you'll each get it. And God will say, it'll be the voice. The angels just say what God said. But it will be the Lord saying, give to this ministry. Give here. Do this. And you just write the check and do it. Hallelujah. God bless you. It shall come to pass. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. Put your hand on your bodies if you need a physical touch in your body. Lord, we thank you for your healing anointing. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we give you praise. Father, you see your precious people now. They need a touch in their physical bodies. Oh, God, I release that anointing now for healing. Touch them now, oh God. Many of you, you'll feel a warmth, a heat go right into you. That's the presence of the Lord. That's His healing power. Eradicating the sickness, the disease, the affliction. Command arthritis. Loose the people of God. Come off them completely. I speak mobility back into your life. Those with knee problems, I speak strength into your knees and into your backs and your hips. Touch minds, oh God. Restore minds. I command pain to leave bodies of the saints in the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for the Garden of Eden being restored into the lives of your people. Oh God, your shoulders. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Father God. Praise the Lord. Yes, Pastor. You have something. Uh, I was smelling vanilla and yeah, roses, and uh, the last thing I just smelled was Lifesavers, like a package of Lifesavers, yes. and I felt that the Lord wants you to pray for anyone in here that might have a life-threatening okay. disease. Uh, right now, I felt very strong when I smelled that. It was very strong. So if they would come forward, whoever that is. Absolutely. Aren't those little Lifesaver candies nice? Some of you grew up eating those. Truth be told, some of you are probably still eating those. If you have a terminal condition, please come to the front. Something where there's a, you, they, they've given you six months to live. The doctor said it's incurable. Please, if you have something like that. What, wave your hand if you have something like that. Praise the Lord. You have something? Yes. stand here. Come stand here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Doctors just said, well, you'll have to take these pills the rest of your life. Sorry. And it shortens dramatically your life. Pain in your chest, intestines. Oh, Father, I just thank you. I curse diabetes. In the name of the Lord, loose him and let him go in the name of Christ. And these other things, that would also try to take you out at an early age. Be free in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I just speak healing. As your power, O oh God, is on her life right now, I rebuke the chest palpitations, the weakness of the heart. Loose her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I speak longevity over both of your lives. Anybody watching with a terminal case, 
I speak healing. I rebuke the death assignment over your life. And I break it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You go free to the glory of God. Praise God. Father, we thank you that the blood of Jesus is the life saver. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Anybody here today, you've been diagnosed medically with scoliosis. Please come here right now. You have scoliosis of your spine, your back, curvature of the spine. Even if you haven't had a diagnosis, but it's so bad, you know you've got it. Please just come to the front. Woo! I'm spelling those all lifesavers over here. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, as you spell cherry. Yeah, it's a cherry. I always eat the cherries in the lifesaver pack. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yes. I always, I always get stuck with these pineapple ones I don't like. But everybody wants the cherry. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Scoliosis. Anybody in pain right now with scoliosis? You're hurt right up there? Okay. Gotcha. Anybody else? You're, even, you're in pain? All the way down. Isn't that something? You too. Beautiful fragrance here. Praise God. I have a very strong anointing that the Lord gave me for backs. Mm -hmm. When the Lord put his healing anointing on me, told me to pray for the sick. He commissioned me to pray for the sick. One of the first powerful miracles I had was a lady that wore a back brace 22 out of every 24 hours every day. She was instantly healed. It stunned the doctors when she went back to the doctor. She said, Jesus has healed. When I lay my hands on your back, just, just take it by faith. The anointing will go right into you. It will flow right into your body. Are you ready to receive? Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you. I release the healing anointing now into this back. I rebuke scoliosis. Loose her. The pain. Loose her in the name of Jesus. Come completely out in the name of the Lord. Healing. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, come out scoliosis. God's healing power now into that back. In the name of the Lord, scoliosis. Loose him. Come out of that back. Hallelujah. Touch him, Lord, for your glory. Hallelujah. The anointing is going in to each of you. Just let it flow, let it work. In the name of the Lord, healing power now. Right down your spine. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. All of it come out of the back. In the name of the Lord. Each one of you that I pray for, just begin to, you can walk around, begin to move around, move your hips around a little bit. Reach over gently, begin to touch your toes. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, scoliosis, looser. Now, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Receive the yours. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands. Receive right there. In the name of the Lord. God's healing power. Scoliosis, you've got to go. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Scoliosis, looser. You old devil. Let go for her in the name of the Lord. Every trace of it. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Scoliosis, loosing. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come out. Scoliosis, come out. In the name of the Lord. Healing power of Christ flowing into your body now. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Healing into this body. Lord, we're right into you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God's healing power now. Oh God, went right into you. Went right into you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Arthritis looser in the name of the Lord. Come out in the name of the Lord.
Lord God opened doors for her to minister. Give her Southern California Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Each of you spread your legs about this wide. Just be able to move around. Some of you feel a little tipsy. That's the anointing. Oh, glory. Just move around. Yes. So you need to stretch some things out that haven't been stretched in quite some time. Lord Jesus, we give you glory. We give you glory. Those online, be, be healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. You look like you're totally toasted in the Holy Spirit. Just Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Healing power into this battle. After the service, go out, walk around, move around, stretch, do those things. Take your life back. Thank the Lord for it. Can you give me praise? Yes, I know. I like that. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done. Father, we thank you for Apostle Lindsay and his dear wife. Oh, God, we thank you. Give them a breakthrough. I thank you. A vision will come to you. An assignment from heaven will come to you. Your ministry is going to expand. I see fourfold. Your ministry is going to expand. Fourfold. Father, we thank you for this. You're going to have much more money. Everything's going to increase fourfold. Everything's going up, 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 up. Father, we thank you. Where's your wife? She's a visionary. Where's she at? There's a prophetic anointing on her. I just prophesy over it, uh, over her concerning that. Uh, your, what was your wife's name again? Edna. Edna. Are you here? Edna. Father, we thank you that she's working. Yes, she has such a servant's heart. Yes, yes. That the prophetic mantle of a prophet is right touched behind her. you. Hallelujah. Please come stand. Lift your hands, Edna. Father, we thank you for the woman of God. And your prophetic anointing, uh, you'll have visions regularly in the name of Jesus. It's your calling. You'll know all kinds of things about people. You'll know the secrets of people's hearts. And some things you'll have to share with your husband for protection to give him insight. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Father, thank you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Lord, I just rebuke that. Sleep apnea. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory. So, Father, we thank you. Heal everybody. Any sleep apnea, Lord, touch them. Heal them. One more time, just lift your hands and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. God bless you. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.